Welcome to the Ditch Your Diet podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Williams, certified life and weight loss coach. And here on this podcast, we talk all about giving up the struggle with food, weight, and your body. We also ponder that all-important question, why is it that we know what we should be doing, but we don't eat the foods that we know we should? So follow along if you want to tick weight loss off your to-do list for good so that you can focus on the things that really matter in life. Let's talk about sugar. So I wanted to talk about stopping craving sugar this week because I've been checking in with a client who's about three months into our work together. Let's just call her Jodie for the purpose of this. And one of her biggest struggles has been sugar cravings. For her, sugar was a massive feature in her life, whether it was hot drinks with loads of sugar, biscuits, chocolate. Every day she found herself eating loads and loads of sugar and she found herself feeling really out of control around all of these cravings. And so it was really difficult for her to get a get to grips with what was actually going on for her. And I could really relate to this with my personal story as well, because I used to inhale chocolate. And this was at a time when I was training in nutrition and I knew what I should be doing. I think that's actually something that's common for so many of us. We really, really know what we should be doing and then we don't do it. So I used to eat, I don't know if you know the brand Green and Blacks, the almond chocolate. I was completely and utterly addicted to it. And I would inhale a block of that a night. At my worst, actually, I got to the point where I was having two. I was like, how can I even eat that much chocolate? I felt so ill afterwards. And I didn't understand what was going on because logically I knew what I should be doing. And it was the same with Jodie and the same with most of the women I, I work with who have cravings for something in particular. But sugar is one of those substances, I think, that can be so addictive and it can really create havoc with our body. It creates havoc with our hunger signals. It makes us hungrier than we really are. And it stops us from understanding when we're full. So we eat more than we actually need to. So I think it can be really, really helpful to actually have a look at what's going on when we're eating sugar, what's going on in our brain and our body so that we can understand why it is that we feel like we don't have control of it. Why is it that it feels like such an uncontrollable thing and yet we know logically what we should be doing? When Jodie started doing this work and actually understanding and breaking down what was going on for her, as we've reflected over the past three months of work, she hasn't quite gone 100% sugar-free, but she's actually reduced down to one hot drink a day with only a bit of sugar in. And she's not eating the biscuits and the chocolate like she was before. Sure, she's had times when, you know, she's maybe had a bad day and we've reflected on when she's emotionally eaten. And so she can really see how those patterns play out. But generally speaking, she's done really, really well. Her weight's come right down over these uh, last few months. So she's almost at her goal weight now. And she's having her regular Joy Eats as well. So if you've listened to this podcast, you know, Joy eats are what we call those times when we plan to eat the foods that we only get pleasure from. We don't do it for any other reason. So um, it, it's usually these types of sugary foods where we practice being in control around that food. We practice how we want to eat until we're just satisfied and not lose control like we usually do around that food. So it takes the fear of eating that food 
out of it. That's the beauty of doing the Joy Eats. So she's been doing that and she's actually cut right her sugar right back and she's managed to lose a whole load of weight with that as well, which has just been wonderful to see. So I think reflecting on what's going on in the body can be a really, really helpful thing for women like us because we like to understand what's going on and it can feel like such a mystery. So I'm going to talk about a few areas uh, around our body and our brain that are impacted when we eat sugar so that we can understand what's going on. And then I'm going to share one technique at the end that you can implement today to help you see a big change in your sugar cravings. So over desire is the first one. So when we get eat sugar, we get an intense hit of dopamine in our brain. It's basically a big hit of pleasure. And our brain loves pleasure. It's evolved to seek pleasure. After all, our ancestors would always seek pleasure in things like sex and warmth and connection with others and tasty foods like fruit and nuts. So they have lots of energy. So they were always ensured a better chance of survival because those things that were good for us were actually found to be pleasurable as well. And it's this part of our brain that gets activated with sugar. But the difference is sugar is processed. Sugar has been ground down into a fine white powder. So when we have sugar now, we get an even more intense hit of dopamine in our brain. It's a massive hit of pleasure and it's actually a false pleasure. It's not like a natural pleasure that we would find in nature. If we eat some fruit, if we eat some nuts, you know, we might find that pleasurable, but we don't find it pleasurable to the same degree. So it becomes a very addictive substance in life, um, in this respect. And ironically, isn't it funny that it's come from a plant and it's ground down into a fine white powder, just like cocaine and heroin. You know, so it's no wonder that we end up feeling this over desire when we eat something that has been processed into a, a substance like that, that gives us such a massive hit of dopamine. It's a really, really concentrated hit of pleasure, but it is temporary and short lived. So our brain ends up thinking that we should have more and more of it for our survival. It's learned over time that anything that gives us pleasure is important for our survival. So to understand the context of us as modern humans living in this day and age where we've got lots of false pleasures around us, lots of man-made substances and processed substances that will give us this intense hit of pleasure, we can then understand why that leaves us wanting more and more over time. The other thing that happens is overhunger. So sugar actually disrupts all of our hormones that are involved in hunger and involved in when we're needing to get the signals of being full so we stop eating. When it comes to hunger we've got ghrelin in the body and this is what sparks off our hunger signals. It's what tells us that we're hungry and when there's sugar, when we've been eating sugar, those signals get interrupted so we start to think we're hungry when we're not really truly hungry. It's what I often call a sugar withdrawal a form of hunger and it's a different type of hunger. Um, I've got a podcast on this I think it's number three if you go back and have a listen to that one. I talk about the three different types of hunger and this is where we get sugar withdrawal hunger. It's like a false hunger signal and it's it's quite easy to identify once you actually uh, kind of tune into what's going on in your body and how that hunger feels 
you know, it's a different type of hunger to genuine physical hunger or emotional hunger. So when we get these hunger signals, we end up eating when we're not hungry. And then our, our hormones are imbalanced. So leptin, which is the, the hunger hormone that signals when we were full, is also imbalanced. So we're not getting that signal that we are full. We eat beyond satisfaction. So not only are we eating when we're not truly hungry, but we're also eating more than we need to. And so it's these hormones that are getting confused because we're eating sugar. So we end up eating more. And the other impact it has on another hormone as well is insulin. When we've got too much sugar in the blood, we end up having higher insulin in our blood as well. And we go into fat storage mode when we've got too much insulin in the blood. We can't take our fat out of the stores in our body and use it for energy. Instead, we start storing it. So we're putting on more and more weight from all of the sugar that we're eating. So it's a really vicious cycle. We're getting more hungry when we're not truly hungry. We're eating more and we're not stopping when we're full. And we also go into fat storage mode. So we're storing everything that we're eating away and we're not using it as energy. So this can be part of the problem of actually what's going on when we're craving and eating a lot of sugar. The other thing that happens is that we can use sugar when we're feeling emotional. So if you identify with being an emotional eater, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know, you, you feel the emotion, you want to feel better, and you start feeling those those cravings. Now, this was going on quite a lot for Jodie, and, and, and also I've experienced this myself. So for her, when she was feeling stressed, feeling pressured, feeling frustrated, she was getting a lot of stress at work, she was going to the biscuits, she was going for the chocolates, she was going for the hot drinks with the sugar, the classic kind of things that you find in those environments at work. And this is the thing, when we get this hit of dopamine, instead of feeling that frustration and that anger and dealing with it, quite often we want to reach for the thing that's gonna give us that temporary hit of pleasure, that temporary hit of dopamine. So we usually feel the emotion like frustration, we want to eat, so we go and eat the thing that's gonna give us the biggest dopamine hit, which is the sugar, and we get that temporary pleasure but the problem is we have a come down after that. And if we've decided in advance that, you know what, I don't want to eat as much sugar as I was before, or maybe I don't want to eat it at all anymore, we then get the guilt and the shame that comes in on top of the emotion that we've just avoided. Because we haven't made the anger and the frustration and the pressure go away. You know, we've got that combined with the guilt and the shame, which means that you feel even worse. And for those of us that are emotionally overeating, what happens over time is that we're kind of putting a lid on the pressure cooker. You know, we're, we're putting a lid on those emotions by eating to feel better and to try and avoid that. But over time, we're not actually processing that emotion. So it's almost like a pressure cooker. You're adding in more frustration, more stress, more anger, and any other feelings that you're putting in there as well. And then if you're eating emotionally on a regular basis, you're probably putting in a pretty good helping of guilt and shame into that pressure cooker pot. And you're just keeping more and more emotion in there, cooking away under pressure. You feel even worse. There's no processing of that emotion. There's no digesting of that emotion to come out of the body. 
So over time it feels even worse and sometimes it feels like we really can't control that emotional eating because there is so much emotion there. So that's a huge part of my work actually is getting women to process our emotions instead of eating them because we're not taught how to do this. And in fact, we grow up in societies where it's almost celebrated as being strong if you go through something and you don't cry, sweep it under the carpet, carry on. It's almost celebrated. We're just not taught how to do this. But over time, it becomes a real problem for a lot of people. And the thing is, actually, when you process the emotion, you become a witness and an observer of that emotion in your body. It really does not feel that bad. In fact, it feels much worse to be putting that lid on it and carrying it around for a very long time. It can feel really terrible to do that, but to actually process it and go through it and release it, it often doesn't feel anywhere near as bad as we fear it does. So the tool I'm going to share with you today is the start of that. Um, so I'm going to show you how to start processing your emotions instead of emotionally overeating them. And finally, we also have a conditioned response. Now, I don't know if you're aware of the experiment uh, with Pavlov's dogs where he discovered the conditioned response uh, with dogs salivating at the side of food. But if you haven't read about that, I really recommend going and Googling that. Just Google Pavlov's dogs and you'll see what that experiment was all about. These conditioned responses also happen with us. So what he did was... He was experimenting with his dogs and he wanted to discover whether or not they only salivate at the site of food or when food was present. But what he found over time was that when the dogs learnt that they were going to get fed, so maybe they hear sounds in the background, um, they, they hear other things associated with being fed, over time they would start to salivate at some of those other uh, triggers that are around them. And so they had a conditioned response. The salivation started earlier than them actually seeing the food. And we have this as humans as well. We've got conditioned responses. So these are just habits that have come in over time. Our brain has learned to associate one particular trigger with a certain food. And when we have those two triggers together, then we start to crave that food. So it might be that you start to crave certain foods when you're with a certain person, or you crave certain foods when you're in a particular place, or it might just be the time of day, which is a really common one, isn't it? You know, that, that kind of afternoon slump or that eight o'clock uh, kind of craving after you've had dinner and you're wanting something sweet. It can be those kinds of things. It can be a conditioned response. So when we can understand what our conditioned responses are, we can see them for what they are actually and actually then understand what's going on in our body that we haven't lost control that there's not something wrong with us this is just a conditioned response it's a normal natural uh, part of how our brains work this is how they're meant to work but because we can understand it and we can then see what they see them for what they are we can then do something about it this is how we start to get control over our sugar cravings again so just to recap What's going on in our body is that we've got over desire. We are getting an intense hit of dopamine whenever we eat foods with this sugar. It's a, a big hit of false pleasure. It's not found in nature. So it's going to have us wanting more and more and more because it's a natural part of our survival instinct. We're creating over hunger when we're eating sugar because our hormones are disrupted. So ghrelin and leptin are not working in the way that they're intended to. We get false hunger 
we get sugar withdrawal type hunger so we're then eating when we're not hungry and we also are not getting the right signals when we're full so then we're eating more than we need to and many of us are emotionally eating as well so if we can stop and observe when we're actually uh, feeling an emotion and we're wanting to avoid that emotion instead of actually feeling it then we can start to see what's going on that ah whenever I feel angry I want to eat the biscuit you know whenever I'm feeling lonely I want to eat this chocolate then we can start to actually observe and process that emotion instead of eating it and then finally we've got the conditioned responses so is there a time of day is there a certain person a, a certain location where you've associated eating certain foods with that trigger so when you can start to notice these things, you can start to get a grip on your sugar cravings. So I want to share with you the pause tool. This is what I teach to all of my clients. Whenever you feel that, uh, that craving for sugar, what you want to do is pause. You'll get better and better at this over time. Just stop and notice what's going on. Notice, is it a particular time of day is it a conditioned response you know is it like oh I always feel this at this time of day I always feel this when I'm in this particular cafe and they've got these amazing croissants or something there you know notice whether it's a conditioned response is there an emotion present it may even be an emotion like excitement a couple of my clients always feel like they want to eat whenever they're excited so we often think about negative emotions but what about the positive ones as well so is there an emotion present are you feeling stressed are you feeling sad and then think about as well is it just that you might have over desire or over hunger going on at this moment so what you want to do is pause and really witness what's going on in your body notice what you're feeling inside your body and also what's going on in your brain and if you can you want to try and pause for about 30 minutes and the more you do this pause the more you're deconditioning this response you're deconditioning that desire so every time you feel the craving you want to pause now sometimes you'll do this really successfully and other times it's going to feel really difficult you might even be lucky if you just get one or two minutes in that's absolutely fine what you want to do is just keep repeating it keep repeat repeat every time you feel that craving just try and pause for as long as you can and over time what you'll see is that you can get longer and longer and longer pauses in and you're deconditioning that desire every time you do it so just trust that it's happening trust that you are deconditioning that desire and it may not feel like it at this moment in time but over time you're going to get less and less sugar cravings it's really that simple but it's difficult in terms of just how we feel it feels so urgent it feels so important you know so it's a very very simple concept it's just going to take practice over time and it really is that's it that's all you do over time and honestly a lot of my coaching comes back to this because we struggle with our brains and we struggle with this response and it feels so uncontrollable but if you can start to implement that pause you're going to notice a massive response in your conditioned desires so that's it that is all about sugar and craving sugar and how we can stop uh, create those cravings in the future. So I hope that you have found something helpful for you in, in, in this today. And I'd love to hear what you thought of this. You can um, see the links to all of my social media profiles uh, in the show notes. And if you wanted to come over and uh, let me know what you got from this, I would love to chat to you. Have a wonderful week and I will speak to you soon. Bye.
If you enjoyed this episode, then I invite you to check out my five steps to stop overeating training. You can go to my website, kerrydwilliams.com forward slash five steps, and that's the number five, then steps. And you can sign up for this five day series. So in this series, I'm going to guide you step by step through a process so that you can create a foundation to put in place to break that pattern of overeating and start losing weight for the last time. So if you would like to go deeper with everything we talk about on this podcast, then this is the first step. You can go to my website, kerrydwilliams.com forward slash five steps to access the training. And that is spelled K-E-R-I-D-Williams.com. I look forward to seeing you on the training.